0: Lord, that you are the only foundation that we can build our lives upon. Thank you that you are a firm foundation. That God, when we do build our lives on you, it's the one place we can always be secure. Lord, I pray that uh, you might respond to those words we've sung, that as we've sung them as a prayer to you, Lord, open up our eyes and wonder to see more of who you are. Lord, I pray that today you would be at work in our lives, in our hearts in such a way that you are opening up the eyes of our heart to see you for who you are, your greatness, your glory, your love, that, Lord, we might bit by bit build our lives upon you upon your love. It's a firm foundation. May we know that today. I pray for every person who needs to be reminded of that truth today, They'd to hear your voice, letting them know that they can rest secure in you. You are a firm foundation. Thank you for who you are, Lord, and I pray that each of us would hear you speak to us in fresh ways today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agreed said, Amen, amen. amen. Why don't we give God one more clap of praise just to celebrate him who he is today. You know, praise opens up our hearts. It opens up the way. Why don't you can grab a seat? You can grab a seat. Well, good morning, everybody. If we have not met, uh, my name's Dean. I'm part of the team here at True North, and it is great to be with you, and this morning... Uh, we are together for a very first time, the first time we've ever done this. I'm saying good morning to everybody online. I'm saying good morning to everybody right here in Merawa. I'm saying good morning to everybody in Mullalu. And we are also saying good morning to our crew down meeting right now in the city. Let's give everybody in the city a big welcome. Give them a clap, Malu. give them a clap if you're online. Welcome to everybody down there in North Bridget. It is great to be together. Now, this is the first time we've ever done this. If you don't know uh, about what's been happening there, um, we haven't had, had lots of occasions to talk about it, but at the end of 2020, uh, we are approached by City Church of Christ, the oldest church in our movement, the church that started every other church. 130 years they celebrated last year. And at that kind of milestone, they said, you know, they recognize they come to a place that we want to be replanted. And they actually reached out to us and said, would you consider at True North replanting uh, this church? And so we felt very much like, yes, this is, uh, it just aligned with what God has called us to. Our vision as a church, uh, if you don't know, is to be a people who passionately pursue the presence of God. And we believe that as we do that, the second part of our vision is so that we become a center for renewal. Our vision, we believe God called us to, we prayed into this 2016, I think it was. And all that is about saying, we believe God wants us to play our part in seeing his church renewed, revitalized, and strengthened. And so when uh, the crew reached out to us, we just felt so clearly God's hand was in this, and it's been a joy just getting to walk with them this year. Uh, we've just been able to walk together, get to know all the crew down there, and uh, and to discern together and pray about what God would have us do. So it's exciting uh, to be uh, speaking together with one another today, Maramolu down in the city. Let's all welcome one another. Just give a big clap for everybody. We're part of a bigger tribe, what God's building, and uh, special to be part of. You'll hear more about uh, all those things as the year goes, as we seek God's plan for what's going to happen there. But one of the things we're going to do that is uh, going to be a, a, another, I guess, first, because it's the first time we've all been together like this, but we're about to do something that is incredibly important as believers in Christ and that's that we're gonna unite in prayer. And in fact, this morning we're gonna be praying together uh, right with all of all three places. If you're online, we're gonna invite you to join. For someone in our congregation, uh, and, and many of you will know him. Uh, Ray Warrens and Sharon and his and their daughter, Maddie, they've been a part of the heart and soul of this place for years and years and years, just forever. They're just part of the heartbeat of who we are as a church. And uh, Ray, which this will be a, a, a challenge and, and I'm sure a shock for many of you here, but Ray was diagnosed this past week, quite unexpectedly, with pancreatic cancer. And it's in- inoperable. They've had... Uh, an incredibly difficult week of finding out what's going on, doctors trying to discern treatments and all those things and they're really in a place of just going hey there's only one place that we can turn and that's for prayer and and the one of the amazing things as well I, I think it's quite uh, unique and special today as well we're joining with the city uh, Sharon uh, has her extended family is actually a part of that location uh, Graham and, and Doug down there welcome and we're gonna be praying together we believe that this is part of why we believe for being a church in multiple locations. We believe there's power and unity in Christ. And what we're going to do in just a moment is bring that unity together. We are going to pray as a congregation uh, for God to intervene. Uh, they found out as the week went on that the, the cancer had spread to the liver as well. This is a very difficult situation, uh, very difficult. But we're going to believe that actually God is at work. He is in a pretty powerful way, even uh, provided to uncover what was going on uh, and to even find and figure out what's there. And so we're going to pray in unity that God would intervene in a miraculous way and raise life. We're going to pray for his wisdom for the doctors. We're going to pray for his strength for the family. And we're going to do that in unity together. And so I'm going to invite you, if you want to be part of this, to just stand up wherever you are. If you are in want to be a part of this, stand up. If you're down in the city, just stand up where you are. If you're at home watching this, you can stand up. And together in unity, uh, we're going to bring this before the Lord. You can do that in whatever way is kind of comfortable for you. If you want to stretch out hands or open hands, if you want to pray out loud, or if you want to pray in the quiet of your own heart. But we're going to come together in unity and seek God and his hand to move. Would you bow with me and pray? As suits you, but let's do it in unity. Lord, in this moment, we gather as your people. We gather in unity around the name of Jesus, who we've been praising this morning and being reminded that, Jesus, you are the one who is above all things, You are the one who has conquered death. You're the one who has rolled the stone away. All authority in heaven and earth is yours. And together as a church family today, we want to lift before you our dear brother Ray. And we want to ask on his behalf that you might stretch out your hand of healing over his life. That where doctors cannot find answers, your hand of healing would bring a touch. We want to pray that even now you'd be releasing that healing power in his body. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit might move and act on his behalf. We pray for wisdom for the doctors and understanding. We pray for strength and comfort and peace for Ray and for Sharon, for Maddie, for the whole family, that God in a situation that looks extraordinarily difficult from a human perspective, we together in unity pray that in Jesus' name there would be a change, that your power would be released and at work in his life. And so we come together in unity asking for that miraculous intervention, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can always come to you. Our lives can be built on the firm foundation of who you are, and we thank you that that's so true for Ray and his whole family. And we thank you that we can come together with great hope and peace and confidence because of who you are, Lord Jesus. It is in your awesome and mighty name we pray, in the name of Jesus. And everybody who agreed said together, Amen. 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 Let's give God praise for that. Let's give him praise for who he is and for who we can trust him to be. Now you can grab a seat wherever you are. Why don't you grab a seat? You know, this morning we are also uh, gathering together as One church spread in different places in our different locations and online, but we are coming together to begin a very special uh, next few weeks together. We are starting a series today called The Pursuit of God. Let me hear you say out loud wherever you are The Pursuit of God. You know, there are so many things in life we can pursue and go after, and give our time, our energy, our focus, our passion to. There are so many things. But what we are going to uh, focus ourselves on is that there is no greater pursuit than to actually pursue God. We were talking just a few moments ago about our vision as church is that we would become a center for renewal as we passionately pursue the presence of God. We aspire always as a church To be a place that does not just know about God, but that is full of people who want to know God. And there's always a big difference between those two things. It's easy to know a certain set of facts about God. But it is something entirely different to really say, I know God and I am pursuing him in my life. And so our next few weeks is very much at the heartbeat of who we are as a church. Because it is all about what it looks like to passionately pursue the presence of God in our lives. So we're going to be in a series called The Pursuit of God. And what I want you to begin to think about is what will it look like for you to really pursue God in your life. We're going to be doing 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up. We're going to invite everybody who's a part of True North. That's why we're going to all get on the same page today. We're going to invite everybody who's a part of this church to say, hey, what would it look like if together for 21 days, Days we all, and the fast will talk about that and what that looks like. And, uh, but what would it look like if we all went, we are going to intentionally be pursuing the presence of God in our lives. What might happen? Because we believe that, you know, as we pursue God, there's nothing greater we can pursue, and that he actually will move and respond and do things in our life as we pursue him. You know, the, uh, the amazing uh, thing is, as I said, uh, we're going to be leaning into 21 days together. It's going to start this Thursday. We'll, we'll, we'll give you more info. We'll talk about that later. One of the things we're going to encourage people to consider fasting from, uh, which may seem harder than food itself, is to consider fasting from some digital technology. That is like I know when you say, "Hey, what if you were to give up some of your oh, maybe it's a mobile phone or some apps or some like you can already feel the fear." <laughs> Have you anybody ever heard this word, nomophobia? <laughs> Anyone ever been diagnosed with it? Are you familiar with nomophobia? They actually I think it's made its way into dictionaries. Nomophobia is the fear of being away from your mobile phone. No mobophobia. Eh? For our uh, you know, American watchers, it doesn't quite work because they call them cell phones because they don't know what the rest of the world talks about with anything. But anyway, <laughs> there's no cellophobia. It's just like, no, nah, it nah, doesn't work. No movaphobia. But the whole reason that got into our lexicon is because so much a part of our lives are these kind of digital things. But what we're going to think about is this. And, and so before you get into that, though, I want you to, here's what I hope we can lean into together. If you're a person here uh, of... Of faith, and you're, you know, if you're not a person of faith, you're just kind of here, hanging or watching or wondering about it. I hope you get a picture of what we believe uh, about actually what faith is all about. And if you're someone who says, I'm a follower of Christ, we're going to really lean into his words and what he invites us to be a part of. Because what I believe that if you you go, what's the point of, of fasting or kind of focused times of prayer? I believe these are times when we can uniquely pursue the presence of God and that actually when we are willing to do that is what often brings us into alignment with God's purposes in our lives. So we're going to dive in right now uh, with story Matthew chapter 4. And we are going to, I want to read you these verses. Uh, This is, uh, well, known the beginning part of what's called the temptations of Jesus, familiar to many of us, this point at which Jesus, here's where the story kind of has taken us. Jesus has been baptized at the end of Matthew chapter 3. Uh, the Holy Spirit descends on him. The Father speaks, says, This is my Son whom I love, with him I'm all pleased. Jesus has this moment that is going to kick off his public ministry, the purpose, the core purpose for which he was sent. And immediately after that, we're told that the Spirit sends him out into the wilderness. To fast and, and pray for 40 days and 40 nights. And after that point, the, the devil's gonna come and tempt him. The enemy is gonna come and tempt him. And Jesus is going to experience this. And in so doing, uh, we are gonna learn what we can about what it looks like to encounter those same things in our lives. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 says this It says, Then Jesus, after his baptism, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, for some of you, you hear the word devil, and because of kind of cultural expressions and things, you may think of all kinds of different things. It may sound almost cartoonish to you if you hear that word. You may think of, you know, horns or pitchfork. all these things. What the Bible is really clear on is that there is an enemy of your soul. And the, and the sometimes called Satan, Lucifer, the, but there is actually an enemy of your soul. Uh, and, and, and you have to understand there is opposition. And what is helpful, I think, for every person to understand, if you go through life not realizing there's actually an enemy who wants to keep you from your purpose and plans that God has for you, you will miss a big part of life. If you think life is just kind of everything that comes your way is going to be good for you or something like that, and you, we sometimes don't realize there's actually what we often call the enemy of your soul. And so we'll often just call him the enemy for the rest of today to help you understand this is, this is what we face. This is, uh, this, is re- this is what the scriptures paint. This is part of the reality we live in. So it says he's tempted. And after, four, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, I love that it takes the time in the scriptures to point out that after 40 days of fasting, he was hungry. He was hungry. But, you know, one of the reasons that's there is to remind us that Jesus' experienced. they want us to understand, Jesus has chosen, though he is the Son of God, to experience life as a human being like you and I. And so he is not immune to the same challenges and tests here that we might face ourselves just because he's the Son of God. He fasted. He was hungry. And it says the tempter came to him. That's what the enemy does. He tempts. He tests. He tries to convince us that there is a different path, a better path, that something which is not meant for us will actually lead to our good. It's what he does. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on Every word, let me, wherever you are here, let me hear you say, every word, every word, every word. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, in this story, and in this first part of Jesus, the first thing that he goes through after he's going to begin to live out the, you know, kind of public ministry, the mission he's been sent for, this first thing that happens is him going and experiencing this temptation. And the first temptation that he experienced is what we're going to talk about here as the temptation to trade spiritual hunger for physical satisfaction. The temptation to trade spiritual hunger for physical satisfaction. He's been fasting in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He is physically hungry. And in that moment, he will have to choose, as the tempter comes, as the enemy comes and says, hey, you've got power. You could turn these stones into bread right now. You want something. You are hungry. You want food. Why don't you just turn these stones into bread and satisfy your physical hunger right now? And this temptation of realize that, you know, Jesus knows that actually there is a bigger purpose for which he's been sent. There's a bigger uh, mission that he is on. Eventually, he will turn bread miraculously from a few loaves into feeding thousands. But his power he has not been sent to use his power for himself. He has a distinct mission that God has called him to. And so the tempter, though, is trying to convince Jesus to move from the spiritual purpose from which he's been sent, to move from that spiritual hunger for the things of God and instead just focus on physical satisfaction. Do you know one of the great temptations of life for us all. And Jesus navigates, of course, all these temptations perfectly on our behalf. None of us will end up perfectly carrying these out. That's the grace of understanding Jesus has already accomplished this on our behalf. But we can learn from how he encounters these moments because these temptations are common to human beings. So, what I want you to understand this morning, and it, it, that I think is important to be reminded of, is that we will all experience with pretty decent frequency. The temptation to trade our spiritual hunger for the things of God to focus instead on satisfying our physical hungers. Now, we live in an era where uh, food, for us in the time, place, and culture we live in, food is not even a problem. It's not even a problem. We are the most well-fed people in the history of this here planet Earth. Right? I mean, that's just reality. And yet, Uh, so at times so captivated by our cravings for food are we that we invented a word to describe what it's like when we can't get it how many people know the word hangry (laughs) hangry so we but we got more food than anybody's ever had in the whole world but we're like man when we can't get some food look out because i'm gonna get hangry (laughs) you know I just say this, I'm not, you know, if you're like, I know I get hangry a lot. You don't need to, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or feel bad. I'm just pointing this out. The human uh, desire to kind of satisfy and fill our physical kind of hungers, it, it is just right there with us. But what we don't realize is sometimes that very hunger for things that will satisfy us physically actually keeps us from hungering for the things of greater value in our lives. You know what Jesus says to this temptation? He says, look, and Jesus' mind is sharp because he's been fasting. We would think that his fasting and his hunger would make it harder for him to resist this, but quite the opposite. When you actually are leaning into the things of God, it is easier to resist these kinds of moments. And so Jesus says this. He says, you know what? Man, he quotes scripture from Deuteronomy. He says, man cannot live on bread alone. Jesus says, do you understand this about life? Life is more than just food. Bread in their context, this, this is basically, they're just saying food. It's not, it wasn't like a really restrictive diet they're implying here, you know. Just saying, you, gotta, you can live on, life is about more than food. We are always tempted to make life about, you know, these, the food we need. You know, and then it just goes on and on from there for our other physical hungers. The house we want to have, the car we want to drive, the new gadget we want to get. We are tempted always to make life about these very physical things. But Jesus says a life is more than bread. It's more than food. It's more than that physical stuff. And if your life is only about those physical things, it's not really a life that is going to be lived to the full. He says there are greater value than just filling your stomach, and there's greater value than just going after those physical things. And he says, here's the greater thing. Here's what life's about. He says, man's got to live on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. I love the older translations that say, every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. What Jesus is going to say is that life is about hearing what God has to say. Life is about connecting with the living God who has created you and made you. You see, so much of this story is about what voice are you going to listen to in your life? At the end of Matthew chapter 3, there's very distinctly the voice of God speaking to Jesus, saying, this is who you are, this is what your life's about. And then the beginning of chapter 4 is the tempter coming and saying, no, 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 come over this way. No, 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 this will be... No, no, no. This will, you'll feel more satisfied. It is very much about what voice, so much of life is what voice are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to the voice of our Heavenly Father who created us and made us and loved us and has purpose for us? Or do we end up listening to the voice of the tempter, of the enemy of our soul, who can dish up some really nice-looking bread and say, this would be great. But it's actually the very thing that will keep us from our Father's purpose for our lives. Now, the thing I want to just suggest uh, to myself and to all of us listening is that perhaps, even as followers of Christ, though we know we are meant to live on every word that comes from the Father, that perhaps there is so much noise in our lives it becomes very difficult to hear Every word. And if life is about hearing every word, it's about that connection. What happens to our spiritual hunger and what happens to the purposes for which God made us? If the volume on every other voice in our lives is turned up so loud, we can barely hear what the Father would say. So often in the scriptures, God's voice is spoken of as a still, small whisper. And yet sometimes we live lives that are full of loud noisy space. See, it's time of prayer and fasting that we want to come to is to actually say, we believe that God has greater purpose for our life and that life is about more than just stuff. And we recognize that actually there's an enemy who wants us to believe that if we just had this or that or that, it would satisfy us. But we want to be a people instead who can hang on every word that comes from the Father. You know, I want to show you a little chart. I think this is a fascinating uh, little chart. Um, we're going to put it up for a moment. I want Have a look at this. This is a, a, a guy did this TED Talk. I've forgotten his name for the moment. But he looked at the average 24-hour day. And basically, uh, we all, we'll take it down actually for one moment. Let me give a little background to it. Uh, you know, he basically looked at how do we spend our time. And sometimes, how many people maybe in the last week have said, how was your week? It was busy. You know, how many people have said that or heard that? You know, we just say life's busy. It's just, that's the way it is. He compared how time was spent going back between 2000, uh, I think, seven to 2017 and just looked at, we have a perception sometimes, but the reality of how life generally is spent doesn't actually shift a lot. So if you look, what you'll see, now we'll go back to it, 2007, the blue at the front is sleep. And and for most people, just when you get big averages, it's somewhere between sort of seven to eight hours a night. I know there's plenty of people going, I only get three. I know that's rough. You should work on that. But we're talking in big, broad strokes. This is reality. That's about how long people tend to still spend sleeping. Then there's the work and commute, which is that next lighter blue, which is a big chunk. And people tend to spend, uh, I think, between sort of eight, nine hours on that zone and maybe a little bit more with the commute. So you know that probably, uh, you know, we'll put together, let's just say, eight and nine. That's 17 hours of your day is pretty much kind of accounted for. Survival is all those things like eating and bathing and uh, all the things you got to do just to look after yourself, getting dressed, all those kinds of things. There's certain things you just got to do. And then go to 2007, you'll see the white bar at the end represents your personal space. Maybe three to five hours a day that's time with family or friends, that's time with that's discretionary, that's just the reality. This is, there's not that much time that's sort of, yep, you could choose to do with it what you want. Anyway, so you've, we all have this white space, and that white space is where the meaningful parts of life happen. Now, what you'll see in 2007 is a small red bar. Guess what that red bar represents? Screen usage. 2007, that's the average amount of time people spent looking at screens. This is just before mobile phones start to become smartphones and just a part of our everyday life. So, in 2007, if you go back, what now, 14 years ago, uh, our usage of screens, be it TVs, be it mobile phones and things like that, is a very small sliver of our lives. Go to 2015. Oh, the bar is growing. Everybody go to 2015 in your mind, remember it. Probably didn't realize, probably didn't think to yourself, you know, I think I'm using my screens a lot more. Then go to 2017 and look how much red there is. Now, what you begin to see is because now by 2017, between streaming services, between uh, mobile phones, apps, all these things becoming such a part of our life, the sliver of life, that little yellow bar is all that's left of most people's lives. Taking it as a big. Now, how many people right now are just like, please put this away. Like, just, just please put it away. We'll take it down. Don't look at it. Here's my point. What we need to sometimes uh, awaken to is that our lives are increasingly dominated by, you can, and I know plenty of people going, no, I don't sleep that much or I don't work that much or I don't, script. don't slice and dice it. Let's just be honest that our lives are increasingly dominated by screens. And, and, and I mean, Dominic, and here's what we sometimes don't understand as well. Uh, those handy little gadgets or some of the apps that we love, they're not just like, you know, that Mark Zuckerberg, I'm not sure that he's like this just altruistic guy going, I hope this just is really enriches your life. Do you know what happens in all these places? And that's not to throw shade on Mark. I know he probably does believe it's making the world a better place. But all of the people who make the kinds of apps we use have one goal. And that is to capture your and my attention. Because if they've got our eyeballs, they've got advertising, they've got blah, 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 blah. All that just to say, if we go through life naively thinking these things are just innocuous, unharmful, we just miss the reality that all the screens that increasingly are a part of our lives, they're not quiet, they're loud. And they are constantly... How can we hear every word the Father has to say when our lives are so full of every other voice? How can we be hanging on every word that proceeds from God's mouth when we only have a sliver of time when we're not listening to something else? Now, I'm not here to make people feel guilty. I'm really not. I'm not here so you can go, oh, you know, he doesn't understand or I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I don't even use screens. Or I don't even. My point is just this. What would happen if we went, you know what, let's take some time to turn off some noise so that we could turn up the volume on trying to hear every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. I believe there are things God wants to say to you and to me. But sometimes we're so hungry for because here's what you don't understand. You know, the screens, the way they're made and the way the, the company's, the way it all works Is to try and make you hungry for more. You know, when it comes to social media, take you know, if you're a social media type person, who's that? Have you ever heard just the endless scroll? Have you ever found yourself like just no? We won't even put hands up, which is not in this. I don't want you to feel guilty, but if you've ever found yourself, as I have, mindlessly scrolling, going, "Why am I doing this? (laughs) What am I looking at? Why?" Would someone post that meme? That's weird, you know? And then going, "There goes a few minutes of my life. I'll never get back <laughs> for that cat, you know, just that cat. This <laughs> gave up a chunk of my life to some cat hanging off of, you know, I don't know. But here's the point. Why? Because all of them are designed in such a way to make you hungry for more. You know, when I do open up. Say my Facebook feed. You know one of the things I love in it? I get to see photos of my niece and nephew. That's good. I'm glad Mark Zuckerberg made it possible for me to see what, what they're up to. When I see them, uh, if you don't know, this is how things work. When you see something you like on a screen of whatever kind, you get a little hit of dopamine. That means a little bit of happiness happens. So when I see them, I feel a little bit happy. What gets The problem is then you're, the way it's all designed to work is you're, you want that again. So you start scrolling, and then you're scrolling, you're looking, at it, and it's, they literally designed them the same way slot machines work, the idea that maybe I'll hit on something that's good. All I say, I don't, we don't have time to go into a whole history of social media and digital technology. The point of, a, of what I we're even suggesting is not to say these things are bad, there are great elements. I love that I can connect with my family overseas through what technology offers. But as followers of Jesus, we have to understand they represent a temptation that can keep us from the bigger purposes God has for us. Because it's not just, you know, it, if the, the more time gets spent, the more louder the voices are. The more time, you know, if, if, if you're a binge watcher of TV shows, how do you, how do you hear the voice of God if, if the whole kind of lower bar is full of just watching some shows? What would happen if, what would happen if we went, we're going to step back from so much of this noise that crowds our lives and not just step back from it, but redirect some of that attention. It's what everything wants nowadays is your attention. And we're going to say, God, I want to take my attention and I want to focus it on you. What if every time I found myself reaching for the mobile phone, I went, no, God, as much as I want to check this thing, and see if there's any good new memes today. I want more than that. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your word. So the whole idea of this. And, and technology. And we all use it in different ways. Different things. Uh, relate to different people. But. In a real short snapshot, our goal for this 21 days is going to say, how do we take our attention off of all the noise around us? How do we take, at times, our attention off of ourselves and our own hungers that would pull us in in whatever directions? And how do we take instead and go, God, I want to redirect my attention and my focus to you. I want to hang on every word that comes from your mouth. What would happen? How would our lives look different I will suggest to you this, if you come with us on this and want to be a part of this time of prayer and fasting, it comes with a money-back guarantee. I guarantee you will not regret it. I guarantee no one will say to me, I'm, I'm upset that I used less technology and spent more time in God's presence. And if you say that, you get your money back. However, there is no cost, so that's no money. But anyway. I'm just telling you, know, and here's what I believe. I believe if we do this as individuals, that you know what these temptations were there to do? It was the enemy trying to keep Jesus from the very purpose for which he came. And what if so many of these noises and temptations are actually keeping us from the very purpose that Jesus has for us? He wants us to live. Jesus' purpose was unique. Who he was as the son of God and his work on the cross to die, to rise, to free all humanity. We all understand that was unique solely to him. But what is not unique is God has a purpose for all of us. And what is not unique is that there are things all around us that will tempt us to trade our purpose for something of far lesser value. So, Here is what we want to do as a church is we want to be a people who are going to passionately pursue the presence of God. And so I want to encourage you, we're going to start on Thursday. We got some resources up on the website. There's things you can find if you're like, where do I start? Do I got to give up uh, everything else? There's different ways you can do this. There's different ways you can have a technology fast or if you are like a total no tech person, there's different ways you could do it by limiting your food and and fasting in, in a more traditional way. But the point is, What if we all just said, here's what I am going to take a break from, not because it's a bad thing. That's not what fasting is, not about getting rid of bad things. It's about getting rid of good things for a time so I can focus on a greater thing, which is God and his word to me. So we're not here to say all those things are bad. We're here to say, what would happen if we gave up lesser things for greater things? And And so I want to encourage you, if you want to be a part of that, what we're going to try and do is just, we're going to follow a particular framework in prayer. We're going to have, uh, you know, passages of scripture and kind of a prayer guide for every week. And we're going to follow kind of a simple structure for prayer. Some of you would have heard this in the past. But the point as well isn't just to give it up, but it's to go to God, it's a prayer and fasting. And the scriptures, they always go together. It tells us Jesus was fasting in the wilderness. The picture is clearly that he would have been alone and in prayer. And if Jesus needed to pursue God's presence that way, how much more do we? And so what we're gonna do is follow a little bit of a framework in our praying that's called the Acts Framework. Many of you be familiar with this, it's well known, ACTS. And the whole idea of it, and because our goal here. It's not to fast because we want to see X, Y, or Z happen. This is a fast that's about awakening greater hunger for the things of God in our lives. It's a fast that's about pursuing his presence. It's a fast that's about saying, uh, you know what, For, for a few weeks we want to focus on trying to hang on every word that might come From his mouth. And the Acts framework is this adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And the whole idea is as we pray this way, adoration is about praising God for who he is. We did this in the beginning of our service and the songs that we sing. The reason we adore God first, and then the last part of it is what's called supplication, which is where you uh, bring a request to God. But the reason that is the last part of this kind of prayer is because we struggle to even know what to bring to God if we just start with what we want. So the whole framework is about it. it starts with adoration, understanding God who he is, praising him for who he is. Confession is about recognizing it, it, that, you know, actually there's ways I'm falling short. There's things that are, I want to actually bring to God and turn from, uh, not because I think he wants to punish me, but because that's actually where freedom is found. Thanksgiving focuses us on all he's already done and who he is. And all of those things allow us to come to a place where we can pray Jesus says, ask anything in my name. And this is what gets us to the point we're actually praying along the lines of his name and his kingdom instead of our kingdom, which is the way it often starts. It's challenging. So through this next few weeks, as a whole congregation, we're gonna go through this idea of let's let's come to God, let's come and add it, let's move the focus from ourselves and our hungers. Let's get it off. Here's what I want, here's what I want, and let's get it on to God who you are. And let's get our focus on him. Let's resist. The, the temptation is always, you know, use your power for what will satisfy your hunger. We're going to say we're going to try and break that. We're going to focus on God and on who he is. And we're going to, we're going to lean into hearing his word to us. And the, the other things I want to just encourage you to consider doing. And so I want to encourage you take this next few days, you know, with if you got friends or family or people that are close to you and you want to do this with them and talk about what. What would actually represent a good fast for you? What would be a way you're able to say, here is something that I know becomes a distraction for me that makes it harder for me to hear God's voice? You know, this isn't, you don't punish yourself with a fast. That's not the goal. Let me just be mean to myself and, you know, get rid of this thing. The point is to go, here's something that I know. Because whenever you take something away you rely on, it helps you see what's in your own heart. And, and here's how you know the things you rely on. When you feel stressed, what do you reach for? What are the things that you kind of compulsively grab for? I realized a few years ago, I went through a season feeling very stressed, and I realized that uh, reading about sports online had become like a distraction and escape for me. If I felt stressed, I just all I wanted to do was get to ESPN.com. <laughs> I'm not saying ESPN.com is bad or evil. It's probably one of the three greatest website's ever created. But <laughs> but what happened was I was using escapism to try and as a way to to get away from what was causing me stress instead of going you know what actually how do I deal with that? And how do I make my first go to to go straight to God. You know, and so if you look at what are the things you reach for compulsively, the whole idea of nomophobia is that feeling. Have you ever gone somewhere and you're like slapping for your phone? Like, whoa, whoa, where is it? Where is it? I can't feel it. We're in trouble, you know. What are those things you're always reaching for compulsively? And just go, you know, I'm going to take a break from that. Not because it's bad. But because I want to be reaching for every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, the... The other thing, I, so I want to encourage you to think about what do you want to give up? You know, what, what, would, what would represent that for you? The, uh, the second thing is to go, don't just kind of give that up, but turn that focus and attention into prayer. To hear, prayer is not about just talking to God all the time. It's about trying to listen to what he has to say. You know what? I, would, I think it would be amazing. You know, one of the things about praying, and this may help a, a lot of you to think about praying more. You know, the Bible always talks about us walking with God. What if you took some of those things away and instead of Netflix at night, it was a walk and you're praying and you're using that time to listen to God and hear what he might say to you. You know, what are the things that, you know, one of the other things encourage encouraged you, you know, so maybe it'll be taking more times of walking and praying. Uh, maybe it will be taking, uh, you know, I want to encourage you to think about what you read. What if instead of scrolling mindlessly through apps that have no bottom and can go forever and ever, you said, I'm going to read a book over this, this next few weeks. One of the books I'm going to recommend, we've even got it at the Connect Lounge if you want to buy one today, is a book called The Pursuit of God. Uh, this is a book by A.W. Tozer. It's written in the 50s, I think. So it's got language that you'll read and be like, this isn't how the kids talk on Instagram. You know. <laughs> so it's got some old language. But it is profound in what it looks like to actually be a person who pursues the presence of God in your life. And I guarantee you, if you focus on that, you will uh, find far more value uh, than some of the other, you know, we'll just call them scrolling activities of your life. I'd rate this higher than ESPN.com. Anyway, but I encourage you to read something like that. What if we started taking in words that are going to inspire our imaginations and our hearts to pursue more of God in our lives and turn down the noise on so many other things? I think it's amazing to imagine what could happen. And I really believe God's going to do some profound things as we seek to stoke the hunger to pursue the things of God. You know, I'm going to pray for us right now. You can stand up wherever you are. If you're in the city, down in Malaloo, if you're online, if you're at home. You know, when we pray, when we change posture, when we move around, sometimes it brings us to a, a more focus on who God is in our lives. And I'm just going to pray right now that God would lead you. If you want to be a part of this, uh, I want to pray for you right now that God would lead you to know how you could invest 21 days in such a way that you are pursuing his presence and putting yourself in a position to hear more of him in your life. So if you want to be part of this prayer, I invite you to just close your eyes and maybe open up your hands if you want to just say, God, I want to receive more of you this morning because, because this isn't about you know, me or what I think you should, it's about what does God want to lead you toward? There's more he has for your life, I promise you that. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray that for every person with hands held open to you, God, in this moment, would you be releasing something fresh of your Holy Spirit? Would you be planting a seed that is gonna go into some good soil and that is gonna bear some great fruit? I pray that as people engage on this and begin to think about actually what am I gonna put in place in my life to turn down the noise elsewhere so that I can hang on every word that comes from Father's voice. I pray you'd lead them in that process. Give them insights and give them wisdom. Help them to have great understanding. Not from a place of what's bad or to punish, but Lord, as you lead them to greater freedom. As you lead them, to greater dependence on you. So come, Holy Spirit, and do something in our hearts. Stir us up to be people who are not distracted and, and taken down lesser paths by the lies of the enemy who would tell us there is satisfaction to be found where there is not. But may the truth of your word begin to lead us. Lord, lead us to our purpose. Lead us to the, the purposes and plans that you have for each one of us. and Lead us to the purposes and plans you have for your church here at True North. God, we thank you that you are loving and good and alive and at work. And I pray that you'll do great things as we earnestly seek you these next few weeks. Come move in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I'm excited for this next few weeks, excited for what it's gonna look like. A little bit nervous as well, to be honest. When you you know, you get to speak about these things, I've already had to talk to God about what he might want me to turn down the volume on and um, I'm nervous, so. <laughs> Just kidding, in a good way, in a good way. Hey, we're gonna sing one more song of, of response together. And so I want to encourage you even today, start stirring up those flames in your heart, the fires of your heart, to to awaken that hunger for the things of God. Let's sing together.